0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast.
1: It's really hard to forgive someone else, especially in this culture. It seems like uh, forgiveness is perceived as a sign of weakness or even guilt. Some people, frankly, would rather stay angry than forgive someone else. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin Smalley. And Greg, I am thinking about today's social media environment. Everybody's upset. Everybody's mad. Everybody's a victim. Everybody's pointing fingers. There's not a lot of forgiveness on social media.
2: Oh, not at all. Well, I mean, fighting is easy when you're staring at a screen.
1: So Mm -hmm. when
2: it's impersonal, John, you and I are, what, about... Six Six feet feet apart from each other, but we're face to face and I will treat you very, very differently when we're face to face. So I'm probably going to be much more respectful. Hopefully we can have whatever hard conversation we need to have, but it'll be done differently instead of us. Being screen to screen. Yeah, and there won't be the same um, reading into
1: words, which happens if, if you send a text or a post totally. or an email.
2: We, yeah. we really made a rule with our kids, and, and this was a, a very hard rule, that they would never, ever work out a conflict via social media, text, email, none of that. And, and we told them, and if you do whatever device you use, it's ours. Like it's a one strike in In multiple times, we drove them to this person's house so that they could go in and have that face to face and and I think that's again why there's so much argument conflict online is because it's it's behind a screen yeah,
1: yeah. well we're going to give you some great tools for um, learning about the power of forgiveness personally as we listen to Al and Lisa Robertson share very candidly about their own experiences with forgiveness. They're part of the famous Duck Dynasty family. They're a delight to talk with, and they joined Jim Daly and me.
3: Today in the culture, it's hard. And what I mean by that, we're not grooming ourselves to have a forgiveness in our heart for people. We don't train ourselves to be in the other person's shoes, not even in the Christian community. You know, cable news and everything else that's going on, it's about warfare, and it's about what we need and what we want. And that's not necessarily bad if it's good things for the culture, et cetera, but we are not conditioning ourselves to live what I would say is a gospel-filled life where you are doing the things that you've talked about out that bigger level of the culture community you know you you guys have been on tv you have gotten the ridicule oh yeah it's hard to forgive people that say stupid things that don't know mm-hmm. who you are or what your life is all about right. how do you go there when the whole culture is teaching you be mad be angry you have a right to be angry that's right you should be no you're spot on jim and culturally you
4: see it someone makes a mistake 30 40 years ago um and then says i you know they Somebody, you know, does a gotcha, and then it's like, I'm so sorry, I'm a different person now. And yet, it's like the mindset now is you can never serve in any capacity ever again. Just go away. We never want to hear from you. It's again.
3: like the greater value is vengeance, mm-hmm. exactly, not forgiveness.
4: Yeah, and it's all being done, you know, mostly on social media, which is terrible. That's just, you know, trafficking. But you're right. I think by telling stories that we've told in this new book, Desperate Forgiveness. In there, I tell about when Lisa was at her mom's funeral. There were so many fractured relationships because mm-hmm. of this whole thing. It wasn't just us. Lisa had problems. You imagine grandkids, and there were people that hadn't talked to each other in years. And I watched Lisa for three days before, from when her mom passed until the funeral, calling up nephews and nieces and people that hadn't talked to each other, hadn't seen each other in years, and pull them all together wow. and say, "We want to honor." Mama, we want to honor mom, we want to honor Aunt maudie And she pulled them together. Wow. And she did it with a heart of forgiveness. And so we have to not only practice that, but then we've got to tell those stories because you're right. We are swimming upstream culturally yeah. to say, you know, grace still can impact things, whether it's a politically or culturally or any other way, instead of always being vengeful. And always being angry because yeah. the temperature stays so high. But yeah. man, when you see somebody extend grace to someone, it's just such a rare thing now. So we've got to not only do that on a consistent basis and live it, we got to tell the story.
3: You know, don't be stingy with God's victories. I mean, tell what he's done. Yeah. And uh, amazingly, you will, as a Christian, you and your God will stand out mm. in a culture that's going the other mm. direction that's when right. you do forgive, when you do have mercy toward others. Um, let's move to your family out really uh, quick. Uh, again, in desperate forgiveness, filled with great stories, you mentioned somebody named Terry. Uh, describe what happened with Terry and why that stuck out in your mind. Well, you know, uh, we get a lot
4: of crazy visits. Uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to polite. the years. I mean, yeah. Uh, when the thing was like, you know, really ginning and people were coming from all over the country, but at the same time, some of it was just to meet you and they were impacted by the family, but there's always been, there was always a spiritual, you know, part of people being drawn to our family. And we embrace that, you know, dad the most, because dad probably enjoyed doing the show the least because he doesn't like silly stuff and we're pretty silly. But, he loved the potential impact. The impact. To get yeah. the gospel. I could right. see that. Yeah. So this the man you mentioned, he he comes down with his family, his wife, and had an infant child and then like a, a bigger son. And, you know, he gets to the, he thinks he's just going to drive up in the yard. It's going to look as like he does on the show. <laughs> he didn't realize they'd put a gate up to just because there was so much traffic. So he decides to just scale the gate. You know, because he's come to he's come to hear about Jesus. Now you got to be
3: careful doing that. Well, with that's your a dad. Very, that's a bad call.
4: <laughs> which when I met this man, I told him I said you were taking your life literally into your hands. I realized you had a higher motive, and so Dad literally met him with his AR yeah. at the door, and so the guy's face just drains of color, you know, because he's like, and he kind of is stumbling now, you know. But it's he and his son, and so Dad said, "What? Well, how'd you get in here?" And he said, well, "I climbed the fence." He said, "Why'd you do that?" And he said. Well, I just wanted to see if you'd tell me about Jesus. He said, well, if you were up to no good, that's probably what you would say, so I'm not sure about you. He said, i tell you what. He, and he said, well, my wife is in the car. We're at the gate. He said, well, I'll tell you what. You go back, you get in the car, and if you're really who you say you are, you bring her back in here. I'll, I'll rush us up some grub, and I'll tell you the good news of Jesus. He said, but if you're not, you hit that car, and you keep on going because you don't want to come back in here. So it was, <laughs> right, it was a very tense moment. And I've
3: been to the house. Exactly. You've been there. So,
4: you know, five minutes later, he gives them the gate code. So five minutes later, <laughs> yeah. here comes this family, in. they come in. Dad makes them supper, and, and they sit down. He shares Jesus with them. And the guy's like, man, he said, well, Mr. Phil, would would you baptize us before we leave? So he, Jesus he accepted and, Jesus. accepted wow. Jesus right there. And then he said, and we and we don't want to drive back without getting baptized too. And so they said, we could do it in the river. And he said, well, let's go. So we baptized them all. And then I met him in church that weekend. They came to White's Fair Road. And of course, I was telling the guy, I was like, man, you know, that was risky. <laughs> but I, I kind of thought about, you know, the when they lowered the in, the, in the book, we talk about in that story, when they lowered the guy down yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. Through the roof. Through the roof. And so, you know, it was a risky maneuver, but when you got to get to Christ, you got to get to Christ. And so, you know, thankfully, now he's a son of of God. You know, that's the process.
1: Well, some great stories from Al and Lisa Robertson about how powerful forgiveness can be within a family. And Greg, I'm wondering if you wanted to share a story or two, maybe an example of uh, forgiveness that you and Aaron. Uh, Might offer to our listeners?
2: Yeah, and and Erin and I aren't perfect, and we've struggled. We've had challenging seasons. Um, I I will say that I've made stupid choices and poor choices. And she'll say the same, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) I'm saying, can
0: we forgive each other on a daily basis? (laughs)
2: Yeah. You know, I remember early on in our marriage, um, there was a situation to where Erin and I, really had a a hard time working through just different topics without getting into big conflict, especially around money and you know aaron her need was to talk and process how we'd spend money. I wanted more freedom, so we kind of had some discretionary. Income that you know you here's your amount you do whatever you want Aaron and then you know I'll take mine and and we don't have to talk about it It's just it, see Aaron hated that it felt super controlling to me um, I now understand what was behind all that so I mean I get it now but at the time it just it felt super controlling and so there were some times that that I would um, work an extra job I'd make a little bit of extra money and I just wouldn't tell Aaron about it. And I just, it, to me, it, it would, I knew it was going to create a conflict. Hey, you know, just a little tiny. I'm, I'm talking 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. So I, I really hid that from her. And then I would have some pocket money. And then I didn't have to feel controlled. And I could spend that however I wanted. Made perfect sense in my mind. No big deal. Well, as you can imagine, um, how that could possibly <laughs> impact our marriage. And finally, Aaron figured this out and and we had this huge, you know, confrontation and you talk about violating her trust and just mm-hmm. the hurt and the pain that she experienced from me sneaking around kinda of hiding money. And that became one of those issues for us that that, that really I mean, I needed Aaron's forgiveness. And yet that was a, a process and it was it was hard. I wanted her to immediately forgive me. Hey, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again. There were times that Aaron would bring this issue back up and I'd be like, that happened in the past. Why are we bringing this up? Like we've dealt with that. And I just so poorly handled it and and I'd like to think I've learned, you know, how to do that differently now, but I know Aaron for you, that was, that was a hard, thing to 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 forgive me. I mean, you did, but I know that that took some time.
0: It absolutely did. And he, he left out one small detail, how I found <laughs> out about this, this change, this money that was being taken. I was down doing laundry one day. This is, I think, probably our second year of marriage. And there was this tennis ball can sitting there. And I was like, well, that's weird. Neither one of us have played tennis oh. in years. So I opened the can and And it's loaded with $20 bills. And I was like, well, it was my bank. (laughs) That's odd. And so I took it upstairs and I brought it to Greg and was like, I thought that there had been some money that wasn't accounted for. Is this it? And he he came clean. He's like, yep, I've just been taking it, you know, extra five bucks here, 10 bucks there and putting it in this tennis can. So let's just say my finer
2: moments. I'll admit it. Yeah,
0: nor and how I handled it, but it took time to rebuild trust. mm -hmm. And one thing that really did help is that when I needed to talk about it, six months down the road, you know, it wasn't always comfortable. But you did a pretty good job of just meeting me there. And over the years, we've we've been able to revisit that and have conversations about it.
1: Is it safe for me to observe that we process emotions differently? And so for you, Greg, hey, it's done. It's over its past. I'm moving on. That's so yesterday. But for you, Aaron, the wound, the mm-hmm. feeling of betrayal, um, as light a situation as that is, um, it still felt serious and it, it took time for that to heal.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And John, it doesn't matter like the size of the betrayal. The thing is, is that you begin wondering immediately, well, what else have you not told me about? Yeah. What else are you hiding? And it just is recognizing that when the person who's been hiding whatever at whatever level and whatever secret, they've known about it. So this is old news to them. But when the person who then gets brought into the secret, it's all new. So it takes longer for that person. And everybody's different. I will often tell my clients, I don't have a book on my shelf that I can go over and grab and say, okay, hiding money in a tennis can, you get 3.4 months, period. That's it. There's no prescribed amount of time. It's different for each of us. And, and so allowing the person who has just been brought in, the offended party, allowing them time to really grieve and heal and then heal their relationship.
1: Well, if you're struggling with forgiving someone, especially your spouse, uh, Focus on the Family Wants to Help, we'll connect you with one of our caring Christian counselors. They'll offer some practical starting points. They'll pray with you if you'd like that. Um, they're a phone call away. We'll schedule that time for you when you call. Uh, the number is 800, the letter A and the word family. And of course, we'd also recommend you read Al and Lisa's book, Desperate Forgiveness, which has their story and insights about the power of forgiveness. We'll send that uh, when you make a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Focus on the Family. Details are in the show notes. Next time, Ryan and Selena Frederick share a story about some unexpected challenges they faced as a newlywed couple. And for now, On behalf of Aaron and Greg and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast.